Welcome to Tribes Podcast. Hey, we just want to say thank you for making this message a part of your week. Our prayer is that these messages will inspire you to make the name of Jesus famous in your life and to the uttermost bounds of the earth. If you're ever in Jackson Hole, we'd love for you to visit our tribe fam in person. To learn more about us, you can find us online or at Facebook by searching tribejh.com. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So turn there and we're going to read several verses together in, in just a moment. But uh, I, don't, I don't know if you do this. Um, I think it's pretty normal, especially this is the one time of year where it's common where everybody does this. You, uh, you get into the beginning of November and here comes like the Christmas chaos and you, get, you, get, you feel the train moving as you get closer and closer to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving slams you like the first wave of attack and you're still reeling and then here comes Christmas and New Year's and then the before you know it your head is spinning your tummy is full of eggnog and wrapping paper everywhere on the floor and then bam January hits and you got to get right back into the regular rhythm and routine of life. Hopefully somewhere in there You have had an opportunity, a quiet moment in the morning or a a nice winter's walk where you get to look at the year in review where you've been and think about highs and lows and also get to look at the year ahead. I think I've talked about this maybe once or twice before, but finding these different moments or seasons where you you can look back you can take stock of what's currently going on, and, but then also look forward. What are some of the highlights, things that you're looking forward to? What are some things maybe that you're not looking forward to? Making predictions on, on what this next season could have for you personally, for you spiritually, for your family, for your finances, being able to look ahead. And so during this Christmas break, I found some time to be able to, to look back take stock of where we are, look forward um, with, my, with myself, um, with our family, with this church. And one of the words that for this church has come up that, that we're going to look at today, I'm, I found myself asking, is this a word for where we've been or is this a word for where we're going? And the Lord, I feel like the Lord just kind of went like this. Mm. So I don't know, but... I started to look back and I I went through just a a few of the messages that we've been talking about over this conversations we've been having over this last year. And there were titles or themes like discipleship, comfort. And remember, comfort is this idea of imparting strength, not just rubbing your belly and making the bad man go away. Fire and brimstone. We spent three weeks on Jesus asking the impossible of us. Remember the finish line series. We did a great series on the tribulation, strength in the valley, riding on storms. All of these were just some of the conversations that we were having this past year. And so the word that I have that that has kind of bubbled up in my heart, I don't know if it's a word to summarize where we've been or if it's a word for where we're going. But I'm sure you're all dying to know what that word is. And if you're on the live stream, we've probably cut to the sermon title a few times, but if you're here, it's gonna be brand new for you. Go ahead, give me a drum roll. I know you want to. The word or the theme is anti-fragile. So at home on the couch, everybody say anti-fragile here in the, uh, watching live or being a part of the conversation live, say anti-fragile. Anti-fragile. It's probably a word that you haven't heard of before, anti-fragile, but that's what we're going to talk about today. I feel like what the Lord has for us is this idea of anti, being anti-fragile. Now, I did not coin this term. I didn't invent this word, but it comes from uh, this author, Nassim Talib, and he wrote, he wrote a book about being anti-fragile. And the idea is that uh, it's a self-help, it's a secular self-help book, but basically the main takeaway and the theme from this book is the, it gets better 
when things get worse. And isn't that a, a great way to describe how God wants us to live our lives as Christians? That it gets better. Our Christian life gets better when things get worse. Now, if you are a Christian, you're probably like, yay, why does it have to be that way? And I will, I'll totally a- admit to you, like, I wish that things got better, like our Christian life got better as things got better. But that's not how he set things up. God wants us to have an anti-fragile faith. So what does that word mean for us Christians, being anti-fragile? That's the title of the conversation that we're going to have today, anti-fragile. And where I'd like you to turn, remember I said uh, 2 Corinthians. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I don't know if we have a mic to read or maybe I should read it. Okay, I will read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You can follow along and I'm going to read verse 1 through 18. So turn in your Bibles. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 18. Are you there? If you're there, go ahead and smash that like button. <laughs> okay, uh, let's... Uh, <laughs> no, we're not, we're not doing that? Okay, good. <laughs> this is so dope. I just thought I'd try it. Uh, you have a mic. Amanda, would you read 1 Corinthians chapter 4? Excuse me, second, second. I think I said, I've said it both ways. 2 Corinthians, i got to keep you on your toes in the new year. Verse 1 through 18, please. Okay, this says, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all those who are honest know this. In the good news we preach, it's hidden behind a veil. It is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said... Let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Now we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Quick pause. We're going to examine this paradox. Literally the theme of the conversation today is becoming anti-fragile. But Paul says, wait, we're like fragile clay jars. Ah! Okay, just wanted to make note of that. We're going to talk about that, but keep going, please. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. I love that. Mm -hmm. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Yeah, come on. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. Praise the Lord. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. Mm. So we live in the face of death. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. But this has the... <laughs> but... What a great start, PB, to the year. <laughs> <laughs> but notice the buts in the Bible. Yep. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be a great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up, verse 16. Mm-hmm. Through our body, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Mm. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. There we go. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Last verse 18. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. 
For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Mm. The Lord bless the reading of his word this morning. We just read all of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. At the top of your paper Bible, that would be a good place to write Anti-Fragile 2022. Anti-Fragile, that's what we're going to talk about today. And the first thing that I want to address is the obvious paradox that's literally the beginning of how chapter 4 is described. Treasure in fragile clay jars. So let's, let's examine this, this paradox really quickly as we unpack what the Lord has for us. God's desire is for us to grow in maturity so that we may become anti-fragile. Before we go any further in our conversation, it would probably behoove us to define what the opposite of that word is. If something is anti-fragile, the opposite would be fragile. So what does fragile faith look like? If God wants us to grow in maturity so that our faith is anti-fragile, well, what does fragile faith look like? Well, we get a glimpse of that in verse 7. Look at verse 7. For now we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from where? From God, not from ourselves. This verse right here defines the difference between fragile and anti-fragile. A fragile faith is a faith that has its roots in self. A fragile or immature Christian faith, relationship with God, a fragile faith has its roots or foundations in self, not in God. Now, let me give you an example that might help explain this idea a little bit better. Let's take uh, one topic, worship, for example. If you have ever, we'll play a, a quick game of have you ever. Have you ever been a part of a church <clears throat> where you get up in the morning, I'm sure you never fight with your family on the way to church, that just never happens, and you get everybody there to church, you check the kids into children's ministry, you get to go into what I call big church, and the band starts up, and the first song that the band plays, you're like, oh, not this song. If they play that song one more time, you're like, ugh. Or if you've ever thought, um, oh, it's so loud, or like the, the worship leader's jeans are too skinny, or whatever, like if you ever go to like one of those church, or like, oh, his beanie is so far back on his head, or... <laughs> the v-neck's too deep or did he get a new tattoo over christmas that just like happens to like okay whatever but like if you've ever been like like critical about worship it's too loud it's too quiet they do this song too much they never do this song that's you know what that's about that's about you you know that worship is not about you Worship is intended to be an, a sacrifice that we bring to the Lord for him to bless his heart. Worship ain't about you. If you get anything out of worship, fantastic, wonderful, great. But worship ain't about you. And if you get stuck or sidetracked on, well, nitpicking worship, you might have a fragile faith. PB hitting you between the eyes first thing in 2022. I want to be hard on you with my words so that you would have a soft heart. The only alternative is for me to be soft on you with my words and then you develop a hard heart, right? So, and you know that I love you and I can talk about some of these um, potentially um, toe-stepping-on things with, with humor because you know that I love you and I want the very best for you. I don't want you to have fragile faith because the Lord wants to grow you into maturity. 
Um, how about one other thing? Um, tithing. Let's talk about tithing for just a second. It's another great example. Um, if you've ever said, well, I can't really afford to tithe this month or, or man, if I, once I start making this amount of money, I can tithe or once I have this much in my savings and I can afford to a tithe this amount, uh, then I'll tithe. Once again, you realize that that is about who? You. Tithing is not about your current financial status. Tithing is about doing what God commands. And the amount that you tithe is far less important to the Lord than the condition of your heart and being willing to, to give back to the Lord a portion of your finances. Um, we could take, we could take uh, uh, intimacy with the Lord. We could, take, um, uh, we could take so many things. If in order for you to feel close and connected to God, intimacy with God, you need to uh, uh, send the kids out of the house. You need to put on that, that perfect Hillsong. Well, I guess maybe now it's Bethel or Maverick City, whatever it is, or, or Lissa Hunter song. Um, and, and, you know, have the room lights darkened and your Bible set out and your blanket just right and your coffee at just the right temperature. If all of these conditions need to be met in order for you to connect with God, you might be having, you might have an anti-fragile faith. If you can't connect with God in the, in the midst of the swirl of a storm, your faith might be fragile. Does that make sense? Is, is what I'm saying making sense? And in verse seven, it tells us this great power comes from where? God. It's about God, not from ourselves. A fragile faith has its foundations or roots in self. Just as a part of our conversation this morning, I want to take just a few minutes by juxtaposition and talk about what the Bible says right here in these few passages about how do we develop anti-fragile faith. Maybe I've stepped on your toes a little bit this morning and you're like, okay, whoo, okay, maybe, maybe, and maybe the Holy Spirit would point out some other areas of your life where potentially you have fragile faith. So, okay, if I know this, just like in the G.I. Joe cartoon, remember that we would watch when you were kids, like they would go through the episode and then they would kind of do like the public service announcement at the end and they're like, thanks, Quick Kick, now we know. And then Quick Kick would say, and knowing is half the battle, right? So if you know, like, ooh, maybe there's some areas in my life where my faith has been kind of fragile. Great, now you know. You're halfway through the battle. How do we develop anti-fragile faith? Well, that's where we're gonna go with the rest of our conversation this morning. So there are five things, five things in the chapter of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that we're going to look at that we can build into our lives to help us develop anti-fragile faith. If you're ready to look at the first one, say, I'm ready. ready. All right. Let's look at verse 1. Verse 1 says, Therefore, since we, since God in His mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. How do you develop anti-fragile faith? Number one, never give up. Winston Churchill is famous for saying never give up. Never, 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 never give up. Pretty inspiring in World War II. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the righteous man falls down how many times? Seven times, but he gets back up. A fragile faith faces opposition gets knocked down, uh, 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 has failure right in their faith, and says, that's it, I'm out. Or things get hard. Maybe you enjoyed great, wonderful, it seemed as though early on in your faith that every prayer was answered and there was no distance. But one of the things that God does in maturity is he increases the distance. And it's anti-fragile faith that says, even though it may feel or seem as though there's more distance, I know 
that, that, that our relationship is so rock solid and secure, even if the feels aren't there like they used to be. Fragile faith says, I don't have the feels, therefore you're, you're distant or you're far, or, or eh, maybe I'm kind of over it. Maybe faith was a fad. Maybe you know people who their relationship with the Lord was more of a fad than it was rock solid and firm. Somebody who is, has anti-fragile faith never gives up. Does that make sense? Number two, they know that it's about God and not me. It's about God and not me. Look at verse seven. We just read this. We know that we have this shining light in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Imagine if maintaining a relationship with the Lord was solely based upon the efforts and striving of your flesh. Do you know what that is? That's religion. Strictly adhering to a bunch of do's and don'ts. And, and if, you, if you do this, then God is happy with you. If you don't do this, then he's mad at you. And, and you could lose relationship with the Lord. Oh my goodness. The Bible says that, that Jesus is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the author and perfecter of our faith. When we realize that we are fragile, our flesh is weak, it wants to sleep in, it wants to do what it wants to do, regardless of cost or expediency, but our flesh is to be crucified so that the inner man, our inner life, can begin to, can continue to thrive, we realize that this is about God and not a, about us strictly obeying a set of, of rules. D does that make sense? Mm -hmm. The power to live out the life that we have been given, it all comes from God. When we get saved, you've heard me say this before, when we get saved, God gives us a brand new life. When we get baptized in water, it's a picture or a symbol of our old life dying. And then when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's the power from God to walk out the new life that God has given us to please God. It's all about God. Remember in, in Luke chapter 24, Jesus is giving his final words and instruction to, the, to the, the disciples gathered in the upper room with him. And he says, wait in Jerusalem until what? You receive power from me to, to walk out the life that I'm going to be giving you. Anti-fragile faith is a person, uh, is a faith that never gives up. It's a faith that realizes that it's all about God and not about me. And then here's the third thing. Anti-fragile faith embraces suffering. There's that word again. And all of our tribe fam says, Amen. yay. <laughs> Anti-fragile faith embraces suffering. It's right here in his word. Look at verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. Verse 10 says this, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. So imagine, okay, let's stop there. Our bodies, those things that make up our, our flesh, our emotions, our mind, will, our thoughts, our emotions, they experience death they experience setbacks they experience defeat they have they have highs they have lows they feel great they feel far from god they feel defeated but this is even though our bodies our flesh experiences death it's for the purpose that the life of jesus may also be seen through us the picture that i get is think of a think of a, a lantern and if your entire Christian life was based upon how well 
how good your lantern looked, that would be like religion. You're painting, maybe you paint a nice big bright flame on the outside, the glass that surrounds it, and it looks all great. And you turn it from one way and another and like, ooh, that looks like a really pretty lantern. But it's not really fulfilling its purpose. The purpose of a lantern is to have a flame on the inside so that it can shine outward, not painting a flame on the outside of the glass. Does that make sense? Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in death. I beat my body, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, I beat my body and make it my slave so that the life of Jesus may shine through these weak vessels. I am weak, I am prone for me particularly, I am prone to laziness. But anything industrious or productive that you've seen in me is just, is that too honest of a confession to hear from your pastor? <laughs> but anything productive that you've ever seen in me or industrious is, is disciplining my body. Jesus, I just want to like not do. <laughs> but Jesus your your life through me is what produces anything of value or or, or worth or uh, success or accomplishment. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So we embrace suffering that when our flesh is like, people naturally tend to avoid difficulty and hardship. It's kind of, um, it's part of our, it's part of our, non-redeemed um, base of the brainstem survival instinct, right? Like hardship is, is not good for survival. We want to avoid it at all costs. We want to build a life in a society that, that pushes hardship and suffering as far out in a way as possible. But the Christian with anti-fragile faith realizes that it's impossible to escape suffering and they approach suffering with a different mentality not a masochistic the 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 more self-flagellation and 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 uh um hardship i can put myself through the more holy i am but they realize suffering is a part of this life i understand that god can and sometimes chooses to use suffering to strengthen to build strength into me and to make me anti-fragile. Therefore, I'm going to lean into the suffering that comes my way. And, and please, as a part of this conversation, if you have thoughts or contribution or a connection, uh, please just, uh, I know that I'm ripping through this, but please stop me. Please. That idea of embracing suffering, you said, is so anti-human <laughs> like it just feels wrong but it reminded me of James 1 verse 2 and it says when troubles of any kind come your way suffering consider it an opportunity for great joy and that doesn't make a lot of sense but it says for you know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed you'll be perfect and complete eating nothing that's a good mm. motivator to just practice. I like what you're saying, like the idea of just letting self-discipline and dying to your flesh daily, making it a daily habit so it becomes a habit of your life. No, it's not easy. No, it's not fun. But the more you practice something, the better you get. So I love the idea of practicing self-discipline because mm. I think when those times come that you aren't expecting, you won't just be completely mowed over and obliterated you'll be strong and like james says you'll have built endurance to withstand the storm mm, that's good i, I heard a, a phrase uh one saying that uh calm seas do not make for skilled sailors and that's what that's exactly what the lord wants for us um just before christmas um we were we were so excited to have Sela back home from Italy or first semester away from home. Those of you who've already raised and released your kids, you remember what it's like to to not only 
let that first little eagle fly from the nest. But when they come back to the nest for the very first time, Lissa was so excited. She's been like, the house, it's going to take years to, to vacuum the amount of glitter that's in our house from all of the Christmas decoration. Her goal was a Christmas tree in every room this year. And, and of course, she did it. But she was so excited to make just like the, the most perfect little nest for her little eagle to come back to. And we were so excited to have Selah come home. She came in on a Thursday and that very next day, Lissa and I had to go out. We were running errands and it was holiday, hoobly, hoobly, whaty, and the festive spirit all in the air. And we're driving through town and then out comes this black suburban skittering across the lanes and we T-boned this black taxi suburban right in the midst like, Bam, there goes like all of our Christmas holly jolly. Our car, our, our, we were fine, we were fine. Uh, the other people were fine, but like really? Right in the midst of, of all of what we were wanting to have be this idyllic, just perfect Christmas, and now we gotta deal with this car accident and the insurance and, uh, and, and getting it to end. And I understand that even while I'm talking, maybe somebody's listening to the podcast or watching the live stream and you're like, really, that's, that, that's your suffering? I understand it, it, it's all relative. But fragile faith is a faith where everything has to be perfect at all times in order for, for you to, to have this, what you would say, a vibrant, vibrant relationship with the Lord anti-fragile is can you have a vibrant faith in the lord in the midst of things not going perfectly for you suffering anti-fragile faith embraces it has the has the proper i should say proper perspective on suffering just like amanda just read from james consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kind i like how i like how were you reading from the nlt I like how the NLT said it. That was number three. So how do we develop anti-fragile faith? Number one, never give up. Number two, we realize that it's about, it's all about God, not about me. Number three, embrace suffering. We're in the home stretch now. Number four, we live for others and not ourselves. Let me explain that to you. Look at verse 13 through 15. We live for others, not ourselves. But we can continue to preach because we have this same kind of anti-fragile faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present him to himself together with you. Verse 15, all of this is for whose benefit? For that's right. All of this is for your benefit. This is, this, is not about, this is not about me, self, 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 self. This is about others. And as God and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Anti-fragile faith means that we understand we live our lives for others and not for ourselves. Paul says, I pour my life out like a drink offering. Maybe right now you're, you, are, you are enduring hardship in the midst of your family because you realize that this is about raising up the next generation. Those little chitlins that God has given to you God has given them to you just for a, t for a little while. Those are his children. I know that some of you want to say that, Lord, they're yours. But they have been given to us as, uh, uh, for our responsibility for us to pour our lives into those children. Our lives, what we go through, is to bring glory to God so that others out there in a lost and dying world without hope will be able to see that light of Jesus in us as we never give up, as we realize that it's about God and not about ourselves, and as we embrace suffering. Does, does that make sense? We lay down our lives 
as a drink offering. How do we have anti-fragile faith? We have anti-fragile faith when we realize that it's not about us, but it's about others. You ever come to church and thought, well, that preacher better have a good message for me today, or that person better not be sitting in my seat, or the coffee's too bitter, or the coffee's too, oh, oh my goodness, come on. The idea, anti-fragile faith, is like, well, I know that it's snowing, and I know that I haven't shoveled the driveway yet, and I know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be work to get the kids up and dressed and brush their hair and comb their teeth, but we got to get them to church because maybe, just maybe, coming to church today isn't for or about me, but God would use me in some way to bless somebody else at this, at this gathering. We live for others, not ourselves. Who was it? Nate Saint, famous missionary to the Aka Indians, said, Lord, take these idle sticks of my life and may I burn up for thee. He was martyred, by the way. Last one. We keep our eyes on the prize. How do you develop anti-fragile faith? We keep our eyes on the prize. Look at verse 17 and 18. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. You going through a hard time right now? This Christmas has been a challenging Christmas for our family. Won't last forever. Maybe you're in a, a financial struggle. Not going to last forever. Maybe you're in a health struggle. It's not going to last forever. Maybe you're in a difficult situation at, at work. It's not going to last forever. Maybe you're watching this live stream in a country whose values are super anti-biblical. It's not going to last forever. Maybe you're facing political persecution, religious persecution. It's not going to last forever. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them that word in the greek vastly is super abundant so think of a cup remember in psalms 23 my cup what runs over over. how many of you have fragments of psalms 23 memorized in the new king james version though exactly like how did how like i've never read the king james version but psalms 23 Yea, though I walk through the valley, like what? My cup runneth over, I shall fear no evil. Like, how does that one? Or the Lord's Prayer, that's another one that usually gets stuck. Like, forgive us of my trespasses. Okay, so think of a cup. There's an empty cup. There is a halfway full cup. There's a full cup, but then there's a running over cup. That's super abundant. That's that same Greek word here for vastly. Yet they, what's they? The troubles produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last for how long? Like in that movie Sandlot, forever. It will last forever. Helps frame what we're going through. Then verse 18, so that helps us not to look at the troubles that we see or are facing now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see will last forever. So, I've been thinking about this uh, with, our, with our kids. One of them left, flew, the little eagle flew the nest uh, in August of 2021. And so we haven't had uh, one little eagle in the nest, but we still have one more little eagle in the nest. But that little eagle is going to be 18 years old this month. Uh, his birthday is January 31st. See, I knew that. 
And then in the spring, he'll graduate and he'll spread his little eagle wings and off he'll go. And so Lisa and I, like we can see empty nesters like from where we are right now. It's coming up on us at a rapid pace. And so, so as it's approaching, Lisa and I have been talking and thinking and reflecting back on, on the time that we have spent with our little eagles. And so we're realizing, man, the time has gone by so fast. You ever been uh, on the other side of a situation and been able to remember or reflect and say, man, that like when I was in it, it felt like it was never going to end. But now that we're on the other side of it, holy cow, it went by so fast. Parenting is one of those things that's happening for us. 18 years of parenting and we're almost essentially done with it. Man, it went by so fast. But uh, there's, there's another saying, the, the years will teach you what the days will never know. While you're in the midst of it, it seems as though it's never going to end. But as you develop anti-fragile faith, you'll be able to have the perspective. I understand that right now this season seems as though it might never end. Go ahead, be honest. Be honest about your current situation, but hold it in tension with the perspective of having an anti-fragile faith. We keep our eyes on the prize and we realize that we don't look at the troubles that we see now. Yep, we're facing some troubles right now. But we fix our gaze in the things that can't be seen because there is a weight of glory. There's going to be um, a, a, a reckoning that far outweighs the troubles that we are in right now and the troubles that are waiting for us that this book tells us about. We have an eternal perspective and vision that gives us fuel to never give up. Let me tie a bow on our conversation this morning by just giving a quick recap. Fragile faith is a faith that has its roots and foundations in self. And all of us start out like that. Developing into maturity means growing into and having an anti-fragile faith. How do we develop and grow anti-fragile faith? Number one, we never give up. Number two, we realize that it's about God and not about me. Number three, we embrace suffering. Number four, we live for others and not ourselves. And number five, we keep our eyes on the prize. Let's just take a moment, invite the Lord as we start 2022 to whisper to our hearts, maybe about one particular area of our heart where the Holy Spirit would say, hey, this area of your heart or of your life might have some fragile faith. Let's grow this area. Right where you're sitting, right here at the TMC, let's just invite the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts and our life. And I tell you what, if you're not open to that, that's a 100% dead giveaway that you have fragile faith, right? Like, don't mess with it. Don't mess with me. Fragile. Your first step in becoming anti-fragile is inviting the Lord. Look, examine. Examine my heart. Holy Spirit, examine our hearts this morning. Jesus. Jesus, help us. If you want to press pause on the live stream so that you can have some discussion about this with your family or maybe your discipleship campus that you're watching, participating in the service with, so you can have some discussion, go ahead. Holy Spirit, come.
Whisper to our hearts, Lord. Jesus, help us to become anti-fragile. We need that for the days that we're in and certainly for the days that are ahead. Help us. Take just a moment more and we're going to continue on with one other form of worship this morning. Take just a moment more. Maybe write something down in your journal that he's speaking to you about. Jesus. Just talk to him. Oh, I could just stay in this spot for a long while. In the tenderness of this moment, one more thing that I want to say. Some people have been going to church for a long time, uh, yet they hate this moment get all squirmy. I got to get up. got to go to the bathroom. I got to get my coffee. I got to check my phone. They get squirmy because it's either happened before or they have, they have some instinctual aversion to the tenderness of this moment in the same way that some people uh, avoid the needle when you got to go to the doctor to get a shot. Here comes the needle and their shoulder goes, uh, to avoid it. Or if you've ever, like, I remember, like, I got um, uh, tested for, uh, for COVID. And, like, remember when they were, like, jamming those Q-tips to the back of your brain? Remember when they were doing that? And the first one, I didn't know what was coming. And that Q-tip went, like, this far up my nose. I could feel it in the back of my skull. And then she's like, okay, the other nostril. And I was like, Ugh! Yeah, I think maybe something got lodged up there. But people would avoid the tenderness of this moment because they're afraid or they're ashamed of that vulnerability with the Lord. That's pretty fragile faith. You grow in becoming anti-fragile when you lean into that moment by trusting him. He's not going to shame you. He's not going to put you down. Anything that he would point out or expose is to help you. He wants to help you. So would you let him jam the Q-tip of his Holy Spirit deep into your heart? swab it all around there. If there's any tenderness in the moment left based upon my net last analogy, oh Lord, we just love you. Let's worship the Lord in another way with our tithes and offerings. We worship the Lord in song. We worship the Lord by honoring the word that's preached. Now let's bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord as another expression of telling him that we love him and we trust him. And boy, is it a great way to exercise that anti-fragile muscle. It's easy to give when we feel like we have a surplus to be able to give away. Yeah, every, yeah you're awesome. Good job. Everybody feels that way. Anti-fragile faith 
gives when it feels as though there's nothing left to give when it feels you don't have any surplus because the truth is it all comes from him it all belongs to him in the first place he's given to us for us to give back to him so the more the the tighter the purse strings are the tighter the budget is the more important it is to develop that muscle of trusting and surrendering and bringing tithes to the Lord. So again, the, the amount is completely less relevant than it is the condition of your heart, right? How about start this very first Sunday of 2022 with bringing a tithe or an offering to the Lord? Maybe somebody watching the live stream or listening to the podcast has never tithed before. What a great way to start 2022 by exercising that muscle of giving. You know, there are several ways to give. If you're watching the live stream, if you just click in the upper right-hand corner, you can click the button that says give. You can give once or set up a reoccurring gift. We have a deposit box right outside the TMC here, the Tribe Ministry Center. You can drop off a check or cash that way if that works for you. Most of our tribe fam is generous with their tithes and offerings through their smartphone. And all you need to do is type in a text like to your new friend, 84321. And then in the message field, you type any number. It's If it's the first time you're giving, you'll be sent a link where you can enter your bank card information. After that, it's as easy as just sending a text. But why don't I pray over the offering and then we have just uh, one or two announcements and then we'll get out of here, all right? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for being generous to us. It is a privilege to be able to give back to you, to bring our tithes and offerings into the storehouse, your local church here at Tribe. Father, I ask that you would receive these tithes and offerings and use them to make your name famous here at Tribe in Jackson Hole, the surrounding region, and all the way to the uttermost bounds of the earth. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving us one year more on planet earth. Lord, we dedicate 2022 all to you. Help us to develop anti-fragile faith. I command a blessing over our tribe fam as they head into 2022. Lord, protect their finances, protect their health, protect their, their jobs, give them favor in every sphere that they work in. I just command a blessing to be released over each and every member of our tribe fam. We pray these things in Jesus' name, the strong son of God. Amen. I love you guys so much. I want you to have a great week and I will see you soon. And remember... You got this.